The following is a paid presentation on News Talk 580 CFRA. News Talk 580 CFRA presents The Employment Hour with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. And it is that time indeed. It's got to be. It's 5 o'clock on a Saturday. Time for the Employment Hour. Alex Luchaferro is here once again taking controls and running with it. By the way, this is a call-in show, so we'd love to hear from you over the next hour when it comes to uh, your workplace, employment rights. This is a place where you spend about, ooh, 1,800 hours a year. It's fairly important. A lot of us probably spend more time at work than we do with our own families, so you got to know your rights. you got to know the laws. And if you have questions about that, maybe over the weekend, you left Friday afternoon going, you, you know what, my spidey sense uh, tells me something might not be so groovy on Monday. Give us a call. Let's talk about it. Get some information. 613-521-TALK is the number to call in and uh, get your uh, get your questions answered by Alex. Anytime you want to reach out through email as well, it is help at employmenthour.com. And as we continue on through the hour here, we will make reference to it several times. And uh, I know we're going to talk about it and use it in a practical sense. That is severancepaycalculator.com. That is a place you go when you want to find out exactly how much your severance should be, severancepaycalculator.com. After you do that, then you call Alex before you sign absolutely anything. But uh, my brother, we always start with the week that was. What is happening in your world? Hey, Johnny. Thank you very much. Glad to be back on the air in Ottawa talking employment law, talking mm-hmm. uh, workplace rights, talking severance packages. Uh, as you mentioned, we're here to take your calls, take your questions. We're live on the air. Please call in. Don't be shy. Uh, there are no bad questions. There are no wrong questions. We're happy to help, uh, happy to answer any questions you have. Um, like usual, John, it's been a busy, uh, busy week in the Ottawa sure. office. Lots of people calling in, uh, resolving problems, answering people's questions, helping them out in difficult situations. You know, that's what we do on a daily basis. It's what you and I do on this show: mm-hmm. help answer questions, alleviate those concerns that people have uh, about their workplace problems, their workplace uh, stresses. So, if you've heard the Employment Hour show, or, or uh, you know, you're listening for the first time. Uh, driving home from doing maybe some holiday shopping, maybe you've started that early or you're running some errands in the car, please give us a call. Um, We're happy uh, to take your questions and let's get us warmed up. Uh, Let's get us started with the week that was. Uh, A little segment that that, uh, our long-term listeners would know try and kind of gets us started, gets us warmed Mm -hmm. up and um, gets us talking about some issues that we see on a pretty regular basis in our office uh, and and a, a couple of these are, are, are Ottawa-specific, John. Uh, the sure. first one I want to get into is actually a matter that uh, I had spoken about, I think, two weeks ago now on air. And it's a constructive dismissal. And again, for our long-term uh, listeners out there, you would know what a constructive dismissal is. Uh, for those who don't know, a constructive dismissal uh, happens when an employer tries to make significant changes to the terms of your employment. And that will allow an employee to say no to those changes because they're negative. They have a negative impact on the employee's employment. So it allows the employee to say no to those changes and allows them to effectively resign uh, and still obtain a severance package. That's what a constructive dismissal is. Now, I spoke a couple of weeks ago about a matter uh, in which an an Ottawa employee who had been with a a large Canadian employer, he had been with them for some 20 years. He he had been there uh, since he was in his early 20s kind of rose through the ranks of the company. Uh, And over the course of the summer, and you'll remember this, John, over the course of the summer, they effectively transferred his job from an Ottawa-based job to a Toronto-based job. This will be jogging some memories now to our our (laughs) listeners. 
And that's obviously a significant change to anybody's terms of employment. I mean, you're effectively moving the job to Toronto. He was obviously still living in, in Ottawa and based in Ottawa and has a family in Ottawa, but he was effectively f- having to fly out there and stay there for weeks at a time. I mean, that's no longer an Ottawa job. That's a Toronto job. Let's, right. let's be honest. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up now for a second time in the week that was is because uh, at the time that I mentioned this, we had just put, been put in contact with this person. Uh, I had spoken with him, told him, listen, let us take care of this. Let us speak to the company about this and see if there's a way that we can resolve this situation. What what the employee wanted out of this situation is, listen, I, I no longer trust these people. I want out. Uh, I, I want a severance package and I just right. want to move on with my life. And I said, okay, fine, let's see what we can do. Uh, And so we contacted the company. We sent them a letter. uh, And long story short, within two weeks, John, we got this employee exactly what he wanted. We got him out of the company. The company admitted that effectively this was a constructive dismissal, offered him a reasonable severance package that was, and I won't say this specific number, but it was well, well, well beyond 12 months of pay, which was, uh, again, reasonable for this guy. So we we got him a significant amount of money. We got him what he wanted in the sense that he was able to walk away from this job that was no longer what he liked uh, and got him, you know, a great severance package. And we're talking tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars. He now gets to move on with his life in a new direction in a matter of two weeks, John. And so, you know, and and I don't want to, you know, pat myself on the back or toot our own horn you know, we're employment lawyers, we're very good at what we do, but to get something like that done in a matter of two weeks, I have to say, uh, again, modestly, is exceptional. And this is yeah. what we do for people on a daily basis. We help these people in these kinds of ways. You know, that might not be every single case, not every single case resolves within a matter of two weeks, but this one certainly did. It's pretty quick, and, you know, you can imagine what the fallout would have been if this... Uh if this person had just said, oh, okay, I guess I got to suck it up and keep traveling, you know, six, seven, eight months down the road, a year down the road, then they get alerted to our show. He talks to you, but you're like, you know what? It's too late. It's, you've already deemed to be to have accepted it and it would have been too late, but luckily he nipped it in the bud. No? Exactly. He was, he was, no. he was sharp enough to realize, hold on, I got to get some advice in a situation right. like this. This is, this doesn't feel right. And usually employees out there, when you're in that situation where something doesn't feel right, you're usually on to something. You usually have to listen to the, to those instincts and, and, and go with it, but, you know, don't act on your own. And, and you know, when we're talking constructive dismissals, I don't want any employees out there resigning on their own because they think right. they've been constructively dismissed. No, speak with a lawyer first. That's what this gentleman did. We were able to, on his behalf, negotiate very easily and very quickly an exceptional severance package for him. So the lesson to all listeners out there is don't be shy to contact us or an employment lawyer. Don't think that this is going to take, you know, some lawyers might tell you this might take two years. It's too complicated. It's too risky. Listen, if we give you that advice, then then we might be right. But oftentimes our advice is don't worry. Let us handle it. We're going to get it done quickly. And oftentimes we do. So please reach out to us in difficult situations. Oftentimes we're able to resolve situations easily and effectively. That number, by the way, to reach out to Alex or uh, Lior, the rest of the team, simple, one 821 5900 Still got a minute or two to go here. You got something else happening on your plate. Yeah, I'll, I'll, try, and, I'll try and make this one a little quicker. And, and mm-hmm. as, as my uh, second uh, little example here from this week, uh, I, always, I always like to uh, give a little explanation on, on severance and the way severance works and the severance yep. packages that we see uh, kind of day in, day out. So... Um, I spoke to a gentleman who was uh, just shy of, of 60 years old. He was in his late 50s, 
had been with the company for 34 years. So since, you know, in his early 20s, basically, or, or late teens, if not, he started yeah. with this company, basically his, his entire career. Uh, similar situation as to, as to our, our, our previous gentleman, worked his way up through the company. He was in a lower management or I guess you could say supervisory position mm-hmm. uh, at the time that he was let go. And when he was let go, he was offered a year's pay. And so he came to us and said, Okay, well, listen, you know, a year sounds pretty good to me. I know I'm a 34-year employee, but you know, a year is a pretty long time. I think this is, you know, I think this is pretty good. I think I'm going to take this offer. Wow. So that's how my conversation with him started. And, and my response to him is, you know what, you have, you have every right to feel that way, certainly. Uh, and that's appreciated. And, you know, the, the, you sound very reasonable when you say that as an employee. But let me tell you as a 34-year employee what you're owed to give you some context here. As a 34-year employee who's in a supervisory position and who's kind of almost 60, in his late 50s, you're going to be looking at 24 months uh, pay. There's no question about it, especially with those years of service, 34 years. If you were a 20-year employee, I'd say, well, you know, you might be in the 18-month range or something in right. that range. But as a 34-year employee, you're looking at 24 months. And so that 12-month offer kind of pales in comparison. Oh, it's 50 cents on the dollar. Yeah. Exactly. It's 50 cents yeah. on the dollar. You, you nailed it, John. And so that that gave him some context. He says, oh, well, maybe that offer isn't as good as I originally thought it was. <laughs> well, and you know, and that's why we have these conversations with people. Right. Now, just to finish up on, on that issue, the, the other kind of issues that came up during that call was he was only offered eight weeks of benefits. He was only offered eight weeks of pension Wrong. contributions. Yeah. Those didn't continue even throughout the entire 12-month period, was, which wasn't good enough to begin with. So my further advice to him was not only is the severance package in, inadequate, you also have to make sure that all of those other components of your compensation are included for the entire severance period. Right. So, you know, we're, we're going to engage the company on this matter, and, you know, I expect that we're going to resolve it pretty easily and pretty quickly. Um, and maybe I'll update you in a couple of weeks, as I did with uh, with our first week that was. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to uh, take a, a first short break of the afternoon here. we got plenty of time for you to call in. It is a call-in show. You have questions, you're scratching your head about something we've already talked about. Bring it on. We'd love to talk to you. 613-521-TALK is the number. It's the Employment Hour right here. News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. Alex Lucifero, of course, is doing the show this week, and we are uh, here to take your calls. The number 613-521-TALK. You want to talk about your job, your employment, your future, your severance. That is why we're here. We're also getting into our topic for the uh, remainder of the afternoon. That is reasons why people accept bad severance packages. That is coming up first, so I want to bounce over the phones uh, straight away here. And uh, first caller of the afternoon, welcome to the show, Casey. How are you? Hello. Hi. How are you? Good, sir. What's uh, What's going on with you? Um, nothing much. Um, I just have a question, basically. Okay. Um, so I was employed by a particular small company earlier in the year, and um, I went through like a lot of oh my god, like abuse, like racial, uh, uh, a lot of racial abuse and everything mm-hmm. like that, like a lot of harassment and stuff like that. So um, one day, like be right before my probationary period would be over. I was actually let go and fired, and then it turned like into a whole like security had to like assault me off the premises when I was just trying to say goodbye to a coworker and everything, and leading my employer actually videotaping me personally on his video call photo and um, mocking me as he was out being assaulted out the building. Yeah, it was very uh, dramatic and very humiliating for me. So. Um, 
I want to know because I didn't sign an employment contract and I dealt with a lot of uh, abuse, racial, like about my racial identity and about my age as well. I want to know, like, what can I do in terms of uh, justice for myself? Because um, I actually did file human rights charges, but I also want to take into like civil court. So I want to know if I had any case or if it's mm-hmm. worth the time. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for calling in, Casey. I mean, it's obviously, uh, I'm, I'm very sorry to hear about the situation. Uh, it's, it sounds very difficult. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're aware, uh, and, I, and I hope all our listeners out there are aware, that nobody deserves that kind of treatment in the workplace. Um, there are no excuse for that kind of, there's no excuse for that kind of behavior in the workplace. And if you've taken some action already in terms of starting a, a human rights claim, uh, then then good for you. Uh, you have to do something about this. You can't just uh, kind of uh, sit idly and, and just let people get away with this kind of stuff. Now, having said that, um, you know, the proof is always in the pudding and, and uh, you know, th- these things uh, become matters of, of evidence. So um, if you haven't already, you should definitely be receiving some legal advice and kind of building your case on uh, your end, whether it's with respect to that human rights claim or, you know, any other claim that you decide to pursue, uh, either through kind of civil litigation or, or anything like that. You mentioned your employment contract, and, and that's a good point. The fact that you don't have an employment contract, the fact that there uh, is nothing in an employment contract that would limit your entitlements in any kind of way, mean that your severance would be calculated on the basis of age, position, and years of service. So even though you were a probationary employee, you would still be entitled to some sort of severance. And over and above that, then we have to deal with, of course, uh, the harassment issues and the human rights allegations. Of course, if you were racially abused, that's a huge problem. That's clearly a human rights violation. Uh, you know, our, our uh, human uh, rights tribunal in Ontario has awarded significant damages for that kind of behavior. So um, without going into too much further detail, because I don't think that's the kind of discussion you would want to be having live on, on air, uh, if you're looking for some further assistance, I'd encourage you to give us a call. John can give you the number. And, uh, you know, like I said, you should be getting some legal advice in a situation like this. It's probably a little too overwhelming to handle on your own. So uh, we're more than happy to chat if you'd like to chat. And um, feel free to contact us at some point uh, as soon as possible. It seems like you've got the ball rolling already, but you probably want a little bit of guidance in the situation. Yes, yes. Some guidance would be great, actually. Excellent. Yeah, I would definitely like to chat. Yes. Sounds good. Give us a call. Casey, like I said, John, I'll give you the number. Casey, appreciate your call. Appreciate your time. Enjoy the uh, the rest of your weekend. And yeah, Monday call. Please get a hold of Alex. And it is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmenthour.com is the email address as well. You still have plenty of time, just like Casey, to call in, ask your questions at six one three five two one talk. That is the number we like to use. In the meantime, waiting for more calls to come in, we'll get to you. Reasons why people accept bad severance packages. I want to run through these, Alex, and I know you want to expand on each one. Um, this one's obviously the elephant in the room. They they don't realize they're entitled to more. Well, there you go. And and uh, you know, like I uh, as I was explaining in the week that was, and with that second gentleman uh, who I was this uh, discussing with, um, you, you know, he he thought a year's pay for a thirty four year employee was you know pretty reasonable. It sounded pretty good actually. Until that is, I told him that well, actually, he was looking at double that, so twenty four months instead of twelve. 
So, you know, the first reason that people accept these bad severance packages is, well, they actually don't know the way the law works. And so for all of our listeners out there, let me make it crystal clear for everybody. The way in which severance is calculated, you know, in Ontario and generally speaking throughout Canada as well, but let's be specific to Ontario, is that severance is going to be based on three main factors. It's going to be based on your age. It's going to be based on the position that you were in at the company. And it's going to be based on your length of service. The uh, way that works is that the older you are, the longer you've been with the same company and the more responsibility and seniority you have in your position, the more severance you're going to get. Uh, there is no mathematical formula, so we can't tell our, our listeners out there that mm-hmm. uh, it's a month per year of service or three weeks per year of service or two weeks per year of service. Um, but the reality is that it's very often, if not always, significantly more than what companies offer. It's very rare, John, that we see a company uh, making a reasonable settlement offer right off the bat. So, you know, when an employee gets that termination letter, uh, the initial offer that's in there is usually a great deal for the employer and usually a pretty, you know, obviously poor deal for the employee yeah. if that's the case. And, you know, most employers are very open to negotiating uh, those uh, those severance packages provided you get the right advice and provided you do, you do it properly on, on uh, the employee's end. And, you know, that's the moral of the story. And, and, and that's kind of point number one here as to the reason why people accept bad severance packages. They really don't they really don't know any better, unfortunately, because they're not up on the law. And that's what we're here for. That's where we're here to advise people on how severance works, on whether a package is reasonable or, or not, and on the options that an employee has when they're negotiating a severance package. You, you know, you mentioned what you what you did slip in there is about negotiating with the employer, which makes me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down to number three rather than going to number two first, because number three is they're worried about upsetting their employer. They shouldn't be. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. I mean, most people, and, and we hear this pretty often, but, but it's, you know, it, it's amazing how rare this issue kind of ever actually comes up in practice. One of the first comments that we're he- we'll hear from people when we're talking with them is, well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to disturb the employer. I don't want to cause any fuss. I don't want to burn any bridges. Yeah. And, you know, th- that's that's really not a worry when you're doing something like this properly. And that's what, you know, that is, this is the bread and butter of our work, negotiating severance packages. So even though you're engaging a lawyer, when we contact the company by way of a letter, by way re- reaching out to their legal counsel, we always do it professionally. We always, you know, we're always very reasonable and, and rational uh, and so there is really no concern on the part of employees about burning bridges. You know, listen, John, you know, if, if we went in there kind of guns blazing, uh, yeah. threatening to sue companies for millions of dollars when all the person is owed is an extra couple of months, well, then you know what? We might be burning bridges for, for our clients. That's not what we do. Uh, we're expert, you know, experts at handling these kinds of situations. And so really that shouldn't be a concern uh, for employees. This is a business transaction at the end of the day. Um, and so, you know, companies aren't going to take this stuff personally. Also, oftentimes we get positive letters of reference to go along with the severance package, which, of course, you know, if they're going to if the companies are going to offer a, a positive letter of reference, certainly there are no bridge, uh, bridges burned there. And you know, usually, I mean, depending on the size of the company, if it's a, a reasonably good sized company that someone works for, they have an HR department. I mean, this is not their first rodeo. They've been down severance. They, they know it's coming. They, they expect it. You know what I mean? Yep. Absolutely. And yeah. even smaller companies, quite frankly, when you're dealing with the owner or when, you know, when you're dealing with a, with a small company, if you approach these people in the, in, in the right way, respectfully, you make sense. Uh, you, you know, again, we resolve these situations very easily and very cordially. 
We'll uh, take a short break. In the meantime, you can call in, ask your questions about this or anything else you've heard uh, thus far on the show. The number is 613-521-TALK. You want to email Alex as well. We can get to some of those. That is help at employmenthour.com. Employment Hour continues right here on News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. I can need plenty of time for you to call in, ask your questions, 613-521-TALK. Alex taking those calls and answering your questions. And uh, we'll get to Paul. Paul, thanks for hanging on the line. Uh, your question, go ahead. Hey, uh, Paul. Hey, good to hear, talk to you guys. Uh, good. What I'm calling about is actually as an employer in yep. a very small company uh, where we actually have only two employees. And when I want to shut down this company and AKA retire or do something else, uh, do you advise on that as well? How do I exit my employees? Excellent question, Paul. And, and, uh, you know, I've got to say thank you so much for, for calling in. We, we probably don't mention this often enough on, uh, on air, but, uh, we, we assist both employers and employees. So you're certainly in the right place. Uh, Paul, we don't discriminate. If you need our help to resolve a workplace problem, we're here to help whether you're a person that employs like your good self or or whether you're an employee. Now, in a situation like yours, Paul, where it's a small company and, and uh, you've only got two employees, probably the best way to do it in your situation is to give these employees reasonable notice of their termination. So you won't necessarily have to pay them out in your situation Uh, You can just provide them with a reasonable notice period to say, hey, effective this date, we're closing up shop, I'm moving on, uh, your employment is going to end effective that date. Now, you want to do that in the right way. And when I say in the right way, I mean, depending on these employees' age, position, and years of service, you have to give them a certain amount of notice. It might vary person to person, depending on how long these people have been with the company, how old they are, and what they do. Um, and you also want to make sure that you're doing that in writing and that you're doing it properly in writing. So what I would say to you, Paul, is when the time comes, and if the time is now, um, you know, let's have a conversation off air. Let's get into the specifics of your employee situations and your and, and your business situation, and let's come up with a game plan as to how we're going to let these employees go. I think reasonable notice is the right way to do it. If you want to pay them pay out something on top of that, that is out of the kindness of, of your heart. You're more than able to do that, but ultimately notice is going to do the trick. Um, listen, give us a call. I'd be more than happy to have a conversation with you and, like I said, figure out a game plan moving forward. Oh, my goodness. That's such a relief to hear. Um, That's what we're here for, Paul. I'm I'm glad to hear that. Thank you so much. Paul, appreciate your call, and uh, thank you for hanging on there and and listening to everything. The number to follow through, and please do this. It'll make uh, life a lot simpler for you moving forward. 1-855-821-5900. Again, to call Alex, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmenthour.com. Paul is the email. Uh, we had Gary on the line. I just wanted to call. I didn't want to be on air. I just wanted to ask a question. And his question basically was, Alex, uh, sister-in-law signed uh, severance, did not consult with a lawyer. Uh, should she still consult one? Yeah, good, good, good yeah. question. And, and uh, this, is a, this is a tough one. Uh, you know, we, we get these uh, once in a while uh, calling into us and saying, hey, I just heard your show. Uh, I'm sorry. I signed off last week. I'm just realizing now it's a terrible offer. I wish I, would, I hadn't have signed. 
uh, is there anything I can do? Right. And and the unfortunate news I have for those people is uh, no. I'm sorry. There's nothing you can do. Uh, with a, with a slight caveat there. Um, and so, you know, what I'll say is the majority of times there's nothing we can do if you've already signed off on your severance package. Sorry, it's it's too late. Um, you should have gotten that advice before you signed off. Now, uh, in situations where employees have been forced to sign a severance package, let's mm-hmm. say on the spot or put in a, in a very difficult position where effectively the heat's on by your employer. It's under kind of, duress, right? Exactly. Under duress yeah. is, is uh, the, the, the legal phrase that we use. But if you're, you know, if, if you're kind of under the gun and being forced by your employer to sign and you sign and then you contact us, well, then you know what? You might have a way out. It's not always easy, but certainly if we can prove duress, uh, then you might still be able to negotiate a better severance package. However, if that's not the case, if you just signed off not having received legal advice or just, you know, not sure, but, you know, you decided to sign off anyways the next day or two days later, you know, that 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 uh, that train has left the station, unfortunately, yeah. and there's not much we're going to be able to, to do for an employee in that situation. The number, by the way, to call in, still have time, 613-521-TALK and help at employmenthour.com to send over your emails. We are talking about reasons why people accept bad severance packages. There's one of them that they don't call in time. That's a huge one when the boat's already sailed. Uh, this one, possibly even bigger. I know this one sticks in your craws. It does with Lior all the time. They rely on advice from the good old Ministry of Labor. Our best friends at the Ministry of Labor <laughs> in Ontario. And I say that tongue-in-cheek, of uh, of course. I mean, here's the here's the problem with the Ministry of Labor. And you, and you know what? I'll give them some credit. In certain situations, uh, the Ministry of Labor is the right place to contact. However, those situations are, I would say, pretty rare. If you're having trouble with your employer because they're not paying statutory holiday pay correctly, or you're having overtime, you know, if you're, and and listen, overtime's a a touchy issue. So if you're having problems with overtime, you might still want to contact a lawyer. But if it's a relatively straightforward minor overtime issue, contact the Ministry of Labor. They will be able to help you. Besides those kinds of situations, if you're contacting contacting the Ministry of Labor for advice on a severance package, you have made a terrible mistake. The reason why is because the Ministry of Labor can only advise an employee on their minimum entitlements when it comes to ser- termination and severance pay. They cannot actually advise an employee on what their full severance entitlements should be. They will give you the kind of bare bones minimums that that's provided for in the Employment Standards Act. Right. Just like they would tell you, well, the minimum wage is fourteen dollars. They'll tell you, well, the minimum severance is a week per year of service. Well, if if you know if you're advised that a week per year of service is the minimum entitlement that you can possibly get, you might rely on that and say, well, you know, if they're offering me, you know, twelve weeks uh, and that's two weeks per year of service, maybe that you know maybe it's a good offer. Wrong, wrong, wrong. You cannot yeah. take advice from the Ministry of Labor when it comes to severance. You need to speak with a lawyer because it is not one week per year of service. It is not two weeks per year of service. In the vast majority of cases, your your severance is going to be calculated on age, position, years of service. And let me tell you, John, it's going to be a heck of a lot more than one or two weeks per year of service. So please do not contact the Ministry of Labor when it comes to severance. You know, what you could contact when it, when it comes to severance, you can contact the severance pay calculator uh, right. that, that we created and that thousands and thousands of people use on a daily basis, that's going to give you a much better reflection of what a reasonable severance package is going to be. How about we take it one step further, and after you've contacted them, you decide to open a file with the Ministry of Labor, then what happens? Then we got a problem, because once you open up a file with the Ministry of Labor when it comes to termination, termination and severance pay, you cannot then, well, let me correct that. You have a very, very limited time to withdraw that complaint yeah. and then pursue it by way of negotiations with a lawyer. 
So if you filed, you know, if you're listening out there and you filed a termination or severance pay complaint with, with the Ministry of Labor, you, you know, if, if you did this last week, you need to get moving on this because you cannot wait. There's a very, very short deadline to withdraw those kinds of complaints. Uh, and you need to seek legal advice because you're probably in the wrong arena. You need to get out of there quick. Uh, and for those employees who have just been let go, please don't contact the Ministry of Labor. Give us yeah. a call. We're happy to point you in the right directions. And you know, sometimes we do point people in the direction of the Ministry of Labor. But like I said, John, those those situations are very, very few and far between. 613-521-TALK is the number to call in. This is a call-in show. You still have plenty of time to ask your questions here uh, this afternoon up until just before 6 o'clock. In the meantime, we're talking about reasons why people accept bad severance packages. Another one, the deadline was uh, only one week or Friday at 5 or whatever uh, whatever they put on the paper, right? Correct. Some so, some people get hung up on these uh, on these deadlines. They feel like they're uh, and and oftentimes it's the employer that kind of puts the pressure on and says, "Listen, you have to get it back to us by this date, otherwise this yeah. is all gone." Uh, and that's you know quite frankly that's nonsense, uh, John. The law doesn't expire within a week. The law doesn't expire within whatever the deadline that the employer gives you as the deadline to sign back a severance package. Uh, listen, out of professional courtesy and. You know, in order to get the ball rolling and resolve the situation sooner rather than than later, you want to get moving on this. Of course, you want to get advice. You want to, you know, if you can engage uh, the company in negotiations within that time frame, absolutely, I'm more than happy right. to kind of press ahead. But do not sign a, a severance package because you're up against the deadline. The only real deadline when it comes to severance is the two year mark. It's what we call a limitation period uh, at law. And you have two years from the date that you have been let go to pursue a severance package. So even if you've been let go a year ago, you're still well within the two-year line. Again, you don't want to sit on these things. So get on them, speak with a lawyer, see what you can do, discuss your options, and move forward quickly. But please don't be pressured into signing a severance package based on a deadline that the employer gives you. They're only giving you that deadline because it's a good deal for them and they want to put some pressure on so that you sign. We'll, uh, we'll take a short pause, take a break, and get back to uh, more of this, reasons why people accept bad severance packages. you still got time to give us a call, get on the air, ask your questions. We'd love to hear from you as well. That number is 613-521-TALK. It's the Employment Hour on News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. Alex Luciferro, of course, doing the show here tonight uh, again this afternoon. Rather, you still got a few minutes to call in if you have any questions about your employment or your job. That number is 613-521-TALK. In the meantime, talking about reasons why people accept bad severance offers. Uh, next one on the list is termination was for cause. That's right, John. Uh, we yeah. see these kinds of situations on a pretty regular uh, basis. Uh, oftentimes, uh, employees are let go for cause. They're offered absolutely nothing. So, for all of those listeners out there who don't know what we're talking about, when an employee is terminated for cause, or oftentimes what's called just cause, it means that that employee, or at least the employer, is alleging that the employee has done something so terribly wrong that they, the employer, have the right to let this person go without any kind of severance or without any kind of notice. Now, to be clear, these situations are reserved for the worst of the worst kind of uh, offenses here, uh, John. So we're talking about the obvious ones like theft, uh, like, uh, you know, misconduct, uh, 
verbal and physical abuse in the workplace, uh, right. you know, the, the worst of the worst. I mean, the law, you know, the judges have called termination for cause the capital punishment of the employment relationship. So that'll give you an idea of kind of how often an employee is terminated for cause. You can't terminate an employee for cause just because their bef- their performance isn't up to scratch or up to expectations or, or because they one time offended someone in, in the lunchroom. That's not enough for cause. So a lot of times... We get employees calling in and saying, you know, hey, I did X, Y, and Z, and, you know, maybe I should have done better, or, you know, maybe I shouldn't have done that, but now I've been terminated for cause. They haven't offered me a penny. You know, what do I do? This doesn't feel right. And so, you know, a lot of times we'll have to tell these employees, listen, you know, what you did wasn't probably the best, or, you know, perhaps your performance was lacking, but still, that doesn't mean that the employer is allowed to just let you go without any kind of severance or without, without any kind of notice. So, you know, those people that are out there listening and have been terminated for cause, don't just walk away and move on with your life. You need to get advice in a situation like that because, you know, it may very well not be cause. And if it's not cause, you're going to be owed a reasonable severance package. So, you know, you need to reach out to us. You need to speak with an employment lawyer. And forget about us. If you don't like us, speak to another employment lawyer. But you need to speak with someone when you're terminated for cause because, again, it's a really, really high bar. Employers very often use cause when they shouldn't. They use it, you know, number one, I would say to save some money and hope that the employee just walks away for nothing. Uh, And listen, sometimes employers make genuine mistakes and and think they have cause, but have to get a bit of of an education and a kind of update as to, well, actually, it's not cause for, you know, for all of the reasons I've just mentioned. So, you know, employees out there, um, if you've been terminated for cause, you still need legal advice. Don't take the employer's word for it. You need advice on your behalf and on your end to make sure that, you know, listen, if it is cause, if you did steal or if you did, I don't know, hit somebody in the workplace, well, then listen, that's going to be cause. Uh, and, and you're probably not owed anything. However, in the vast majority of cases where cause is alleged, then you're going to be you're, you're you're likely looking at a severance package because a lot of times employers will not uh, go through the proper proper steps and procedures uh, in a kind of termination like that. So. Uh, reasons why people accept bad severance packages. That's a list we're, uh, we're chopping through here. We'll do the, maybe uh, one or two more and then get to some emails here. This one I think we don't bring up enough, and uh, it's a big misnomer with uh, when, it, when it's concerned to you actually at the firm, and that is they think they cannot afford to pay the legal fees. Yeah, yeah, this is another one that comes up uh, pretty often. And, um, you know, I, I get why, because traditionally, John, I've, I've got to say a, a, as a lawyer, um, you know, especially kind of older, more established law firms that have been around forever that kind of operate in a very kind of traditional way, you, you know, you've got to pay just to t- just to pick up the phone and, and speak yeah. with a lawyer. And I've got to say that's, you know, that's an antiquated way of doing things. You know, we've We've got an operation where if you need help, you will speak with someone. Um, we will point you in the right direction. And, you know, when it comes to legal fees, when we're negotiating these kinds of situations, you know, we're experts in the field. So we know how to do how to kind of get employees and, and get people what they want in the most cost effective manner possible. And that's what we do. Let's use the example of our gentleman who was constructively dismissed. Like I said, it took us two weeks to figure that situation out and get this person tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars. I'm talking, John, over $100,000 here. Uh, And over the course of two weeks, let me tell you, the legal fees that that this gentleman incurred weren't significant at all. This guy got banged for your buck like you wouldn't wouldn't believe. And so, you know, don't let the legal fees scare you. Number one, you've got to speak with someone. So if you're calling a law firm and they say, well, to speak with us, we need to, you know, you need to pay $400 or whatever the number is going to be. 
you know what? Give us a give us a call because oftentimes you'll be you will be able to speak with someone who points you in the right direction. Um, and you know when it comes to actually hiring us to handle your matter, there are a couple of different uh, options that you have there. And oftentimes we can work on an arrangement where, trust me, legal fees will not be an issue. I want to bounce over to an email anytime. It is help at employmenthour.com. Henry gets the call, says, uh, and this kind of dovetails nicely into uh, the second to last point we made. And that is I received a few warnings over the last three years with three years with respect to my work performance. How many warnings does my employer have to provide uh, to me before they can let me go for cause? Great, great question. I mean, this is uh, this is uh, opens up a, cu- a couple of, of kind of cans of worms here, although it's, uh-huh. it's pretty it's pretty straightforward stuff, I guess. So when we're talking about cause and when we're talking about performance issues, companies, employers have an obligation to provide kind of the progressive discipline in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. And what I could say right off the bat is that three war uh, or three uh, a few warnings over the course of three years, rather. And I think that's what that's that's, that's yep. what Henry's situation is. You know that's not enough. Let me just tell you right now to to establish cause. You need to probably int- implement a performance improvement plan. Have the employee go through that plan. If they fail that plan, then you have to find potentially another way to help them improve their their performance. If that still doesn't continue, you have to kind of warn the employee that their that their job is in jeopardy. You might have to suspend the employee to show them the severity of uh, their per- the fact that their performance is lacking, and then you can let them go. So you'll see that over the course of that time frame, there's an, there's an assistance in helping the employee at least try to improve. There are warnings along the way to say, hey, if, you're, if your performance is not improving, then here's a warning that you might be terminated. There's potentially a suspension there to really drive home how severe the situation has become, and then there's a termination for cause. That's an appropriate way uh, to terminate an employee for performance reasons. If you don't go through those gears as an employer, John, then you're probably uh, in a situation where you're going to have to pay severance. Fantastic. For another week, my friend, we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that until next weekend. You want to reach out and get a hold of Alex or Lior, member of their team, simple, one 821 5900 It is help at employmenthour.com. But if you haven't learned already, listening to this show in the past or even tonight, before you sign anything, you're wondering if it's enough money that they're, uh, they're giving you and the rest of your uh, entitlements, simple, severancepaycalculator.com. That is the first place you go. At the bottom, there's a contact button if you want to reach out and contact Alex. Or you can just walk away anonymous. There's no charge. Takes about 30 seconds to use it, and you'll join the uh, over half a million people that have already uh, been enlightened and their eyes opened up by the severance pay calculator. Till next time, this has been the Employment Hour right here on News Talk 580 CFRA.